thank you for um, the invitation. Um, Michelle, say Michelle Ross, uh, thank you. And um, I, I told him at his own peril that he was inviting me for, for this. But um, I'm grateful that he is taking part of this uh, wonderful uh, training event. Uh, just a few people, a few leaders of our denomination are part of, of, of this and, and only two people from our conference. And, and I'm blessed that those two are from our district. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very, very happy about, about that. Uh, and, and thank you, Stuart and Kathy, for uh, ushering me through this process. It's been a long time since I haven't preached two services the same morning, so. <laughs> I'm out of shape, <laughs> in, in more than one sense. <laughs> so, uh, Stuart uh, was mentioned about, uh, we're about uh, halfway our Lent season. And as we uh, know, many Christians around the world, uh, this is the season they uh, make commitments and, and they say uh, to God, God, I'm going to um, stop some uh, behaviors, whether it be uh, okay behaviors or, or not so good behaviors. I'm going to uh, cut down on this and, and I'm going to stop drinking coffee or I'm going to eat more um, healthy, which is not what I promised to God, um, but some Christians do. Um, and they uh, begin saying, uh, God, I'm going to deny myself from doing this or that. And I'm going to say no to uh, these uh, behaviors. And, and as they have uh, started their uh, Lenten journey, uh, they, they experience some growth in their lives. Uh, and it just reminds me of this denying of ourselves, this uh, saying no to things. It reminds me of the 1980s, uh, this campaign that came from um, the, the uh, First Lady uh, and, and many other leaders of our nation, the Just Say No movement. And, and it was a time when our nation was going through uh, an increase on, on, on drug uh, abuse and, and, and many other um, uh, sickness and social problems. And, and the idea was that if we can teach our young people to say no to the peer pressure, to the temptations, to all these things that come against it, and if they stand strong and they say no to those things, then maybe, just maybe, they're going to overcome all this wave of bad behaviors. And so that was tried, you know, it was, it was included in um, uh, school curriculums, and it was uh, all over the place, the media really pushed it all over the place. And uh, after a while, there were some surveys, there were some um, uh, analyses of, of, of the effectiveness of this campaign. And, and it was uh, decided that it really didn't help. It really didn't stop the, the response and the, the reaction of people to the temptation. And actually, our, our young kids uh, in that time, they, they continued being engaged in unhealthy behaviors. Uh, the Just Say No campaign did not work. And, and I think it didn't work because it was only half of the story. It didn't work because it, it was important to say no. It is always important to say no even when we do that at Lent. But, but that, that is just half of the story. The other part of, 
of the story is about yes. It's about saying yes. So let me read from the scripture uh, about this powerful word, a three-letter word. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1, we can say with confidence and a clear conscience that we have lived with God-given holiness and sincerity in all of our dealings. We have depended on God's grace, not on our own human wisdom. That is how we have conducted ourselves before the world and especially toward you. Our letters have been straightforward and there is nothing written between the lines and nothing you cannot understand. And I hope someday you will fully understand us. You may be asking why I changed my plan. Do you think I make plans carelessly? Do you think I'm like people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? As surely as God is faithful, our word to you does not waver between yes and no. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you, and as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. It is God who enables us along with you, to stand firm for Christ. He has commissioned us, and he has identified us as his own by placing his Holy Spirit in our hearts as the first installment that guarantees everything he has promised us. So the power of no was not enough. You have to add to it the power of yes. But then you have to do it the other way. You have first to say yes to something so you can have the strength to say no to something else. If you say yes to commitment, then you will have the strength to say no to the lack of commitment. If you say yes to unhealthy behaviors, then you will have the strength to say no to unhealthy behaviors. If you say yes to good and positive relationships, then you will have the strength to stay away from bad and negative Relationships. You get the idea. Yes comes first, and it is more powerful and allows you to say no to other things. So in, in this framework, let, let's see how God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit provided a, an environment of yes so that we can be strengthened in our walk with Him. So God the Father, from the very beginning, the Bible tells us that uh, as He was ready to say yes to the world, Genesis 1 verse 2, it says that the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Now at that moment, just about where everything was dark and empty and chaotic, God said yes, and things happened. New things happened. A new beginning, a creation, a, 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 an impossible thing happened out of the yes of God after being chaos and emptiness and darkness. Beloved, I, I, don't know, I don't know how your life is right now, but there are many people who live lives that are empty. They go through life without 
the sense of un un unfulfilled in my life. They go through life saying, there's always this emptiness in my heart, and I cannot fill it with anything. And they tried so many things, and there's nothing that fills that void. And there are many people who uh, go through life uh, with, with a sense of darkness. And, and, and their minds are captured and, and captive with all this dark stuff. And their behaviors, uh, they are expressing that darkness that comes out of the soul and their mind. And some people go through uh, chaotic moments and, and their families go through chaotic stuff. And, 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 and even our denomination sometimes is going through chaotic difficulties. But I know that if we say yes to God, I know that at the moment that we stand up and say, God, this is my yes to you, you know what God's gonna do? He's gonna create a, one, a great new thing. He's gonna open from nothing, he's gonna create something that is beautiful, that is powerful, that is unique that only God can create. But we have to say yes to God. We have to know that uh, live behind our emptiness and, and, and our darkness and, and, and our chaotic life and, and embrace what God brings to us. It's a new beginning, it's a, it's a new possibility. It, it, it's, a, it's a brand new door that opens up where there was nothing. And then you can enter into the newness of life because God creates a new thing for you if you say yes. Now how about God the Son, Jesus Christ? When Jesus uh, was getting ready to go into the cross, he actually had to say yes to, to the Father. And he was in uh, Gethsemane and, and he was praying and, and there was great agony upon him and, and he said, God, let this cup pass. Let this cup pass. But not my will yours be done. Now you need to know that what Jesus was saying, it was not, it, it was not yes to something wonderful and, and, and great and, 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 and happy. Jesus was saying yes to suffering. Jesus was saying yes to, to the moment that he was going to be betrayed, to the moment that he was going to be tortured. He, and Jesus was saying yes to, uh, to, to him being uh, taken into, into a cross and, 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 and nails being uh, placed in his uh, hands and feet. Jesus was saying yes to the cross and ultimately was saying yes to dying on behalf of humanity. That's, that was the yes of Jesus. But the great thing, and I'm, I'm going to spoil it for you, the great thing is that the empty cross is, is not the end of the story. Because there is an empty tomb that gives us the assurance that that difficulty, that, that very painful journey of Jesus took him to an empty cross, but also took him to an empty tomb. There is a great story right there. That Jesus came back alive three days after. Many Christians think the same yes to God then everything is going to be great. Then your life is going to be wonderful. All the opportunities, all the possibilities are going to be there. And, and, and God is going to make your life 
wonderful. No problems whatsoever, no difficulties, no suffering. But I'm here to remind you that saying yes to God sometimes will take us into a journey that is difficult. A journey that is painful. That sometimes you will feel that you're being betrayed. Sometimes you'll feel that uh, you're being crucified by your closest people. But that's not the end of the story. I don't want you to lose heart and lose hope because the end of the story is always resurrection. It's always victory. It's always a sense of there is a light when God opens that tomb. When you thought that everything was done and everything was the end and there was nothing else, God will make a way. But do you remember the saying yes to God sometimes is not easy. But there's always victory at the end. And then God, the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit, when he was ready to say yes, in the book of Acts chapter 2, there were about 120 people, very ordinary people, most of them uh, with, with no education whatsoever. But they were praying to God. They were open to what God wanted to do through them. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And those 120 were, were filled with the Spirit. And great things happened. Just look around. Because those 120 people, because of what they did, you and I, we're here. I mean, that's amazing. That is amazing how the Holy Spirit took these 120 people and the church started. And we're still here, alive and well. So sometimes we consider ourselves like ordinary people. We're just one of many churches. We are just uh, a normal and average Christian. What's special about us? What's unique about us? And certainly that was part of the experience we had back in 1973 uh, in my father's church. He's a Methodist pastor, retired, and in his church in Chihuahua, Mexico. And, and, and that church was just a regular Methodist church. You know, we used the hymnals, we were very traditional, but we were not committed to Christ. We were just religious people. We just go to church because that's what society demanded, that's what the family wanted. But on April of 1973, something happened to that church. And I remember it was a revival of three days. And this these weird people from another Methodist church came to visit us. And I mean, they were weird because they would I lift up their hands, they would clap, they would say hallelujah, and, and I mean, that was not Methodist, and they, they, they didn't use uh, the hymnal. I mean, that was, that was bad. <laughs> so, and then use a guitar, I mean, that was just, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that was not bad, that was bad because we, we used uh, an organ. And so, but they were different. They had something that we didn't have. And it was that Holy Spirit. And, uh, April 7, 8 and 9, and, and 9, um, three days, I saw people coming to the altar, myself included. 
giving our lives to Christ, being filled with the Spirit. And ordinary people became extraordinary. And so many things happened in that church. Many young people gave their lives to Christ and became pastors. And now they're pastors and missionaries in many parts of the world. Just because the Holy Spirit said yes. And we said yes to him. So I don't know if you feel like you have been living a very ordinary Christian life. Well, I have good news for you. If you say yes to the Holy Spirit. Great things are going to happen. Extraordinary things are going to happen in your life, in the life of the church. God the Father will open up a new creation. And God the Son will always give you the strength to go through difficulties with the victory at the end. And God the Holy Spirit will always transform your life into an extraordinary life with his power. So do you and your family, your church, your community need a new beginning? Do you, your church, your family, your community need strength and courage? And do you, your family, your church, your community need an experience of expansion and growth and excitement? All we need to say is yes. Yes, Lord. Bring it on. I want to be part of that. Yes, Lord. Would you pray with me? Dear God, in the emptiness of life, in the darkness and the chaotic situation of life, we looked up to you for a new beginning. When we make a commitment to you, we understand that it's not going to be easy. So we pray for strength to the end that you give us the victory. Lord, for a life that is vibrant and is exciting and, and powerful, we look up to the Spirit to fill us. So I pray, God, that today you will hear from us a resounding yes in the bottom of our hearts to you.